Hi, everybody, and thanks for joining our weekly podcast. I'm Robin Lewis, uh, founder and CEO of The Robin Report, uh, which, by the way, as I have said, it's really much more than a daily report. Um, we believe it's really a knowledge platform, okay, from, from which we could communicate thought leadership on various uh, strategic topics uh, through those reports on a daily basis, but also on these podcasts and webinars and hopefully in the fall live events. So uh, along with our chief strategist, Shelley Cohan, who's also a professor at FIT and Syracuse University, we welcome you to our weekly podcast, which is coming from, little humor here, quote unquote, the nest. <laughs> That's the Robin Report recording studios. Okay, uh, <clears throat> we have um, committed to our listeners that when appropriate uh, for our discussion, we would invite experts uh, on the particular topic, you know, to, to discuss their views as well as the industry in general. So today we have one of our sponsors and a well-recognized consulting firm that uh, specializes in retail. And Dan Binder, a partner from Columbus Consulting, and by the way, former president of DFS LVMH, and by the way, he spends all of his time solving some of the most challenging problems in retail. So I invited him here today to share a bit about what he is seeing across the industry and what advice he would give on how we need to look at the businesses differently. We all know that there is a great opportunity for a grand pivot in this industry, and retailers are really primed for it. And, and customers, as we know, are ready for change. So Dan, uh, please take a moment, introduce, introduce yourself and Columbus Consulting. Um, sure, Robin, thank you. And thank you for the great introduction. So I'm Dan Binder. I'm a partner with Columbus Consulting. Columbus is a consulting practice that's made up of retail executive talent with rich, extensive backgrounds, really in all areas of retail. And our focus tends to be deeply in technology, systems, retail planning, merchandising, more and more in omni-retail. And we get very aligned and connected with our partners around infrastructure and foundation building. Specifically, I focus in Columbus on supply chain, uh, in the world of digital, and I'm very focused on business performance and I work globally. The, the post-COVID environment has significantly accelerated what were once future retail trends into the here and now. This is really just the beginning. By 2025, retail will, develop, will deliver blended customer experiences supported by smart, agile, modern supply chains, which are super enhanced and hyper-personalized, integrating localization, driving loyalty, and being about fully seamless shopping, which harmonizes multiple channels across customer shopping. It's really a lot of change that requires retailers 
to think ahead and plan for what is ahead. Building a very strong foundation now allows agile implementation and adaption. What I work with key retailers, CEOs, CFOs on, and what I stressed is the five most critical foundation building blocks are think about automating all of your channels, invest in systems that deliver real-time inventory visibility, leverage AI and inventory science that fully connect end-to-end your business and all the infrastructure around the business, build fulfillment, and build solutions that anticipate versus today five, even 10 times the current unit throughput. And critically important, build your teams and build those capabilities that are going to be so critically important for the future. Today, I think the two concepts that every CEO should be thinking about and what probably keeps them up at night are understanding the foundational requirements to move forward, which is a constant conversation that I have with the largest retailers around the globe, the idea that the customer is elastic. Dan, I love that phrase about the customer being elastic. It reminds me of one of my favorite childhood toys, Gumby and Pokey. Um, So I really want you to expand upon that in a minute as a starting point to our conversation today. But I have worked for so many companies uh, over my career and ones that say, quote unquote, the customer is always first. But to be really honest, you know, there's not that many retailers that actually take the customer and literally put them in the center of every single equation, every decision is made based on how that decision's going to impact the customer across every function in the business, on every single day, on every single platform. It's a tall task. Yeah, Shelly, you know, (laughs) the elastic customer, and Dan, that's a great description. And and Shelly, you're right, as I've said before, as we've said before, and we all know, too many of the major retailers and brands will talk the talk, about being consumer-centric, but in reality, they are not walking the walk, so to speak. However, one example I'll use who who actually does put the consumer in the center and is today the biggest apparel company, pure apparel company, and that's VF Corporation, you know, with brands like uh, the North Face, Vans, Timberland, and many others. In fact, when I was a part of their strategic planning process all the way back in the early 80s, (laughs) aging myself, Um, I remember how we seamlessly integrated every function in the value chain. And while doing so, each one of those functions started with how that function, whatever it was, would benefit and win the consumer all the way from creation of the product, all the way to consumption at the point of sale. And that process is exactly the same today and what makes them one of the greatest companies in the business. Except today, it's made even more powerful uh, by their having embedded technology in everything they do. So Dan, I totally agree with you. uh, And your your elastic definition is uh, spot on. 
So, Robin and Shelley, it's what I truly believe. The customer is elastic. And the customer has always been at the center of everything. But more and more, the customer is being driven by loyalty, is significantly influenced by social media or key opinion leaders or even friends and family and can make choices rapidly, even challenge what they see online or elsewhere and compare that to other offers in this modern digital age, customer has grown to expect personalized offers that customize the shopping experience. So this is really a lot of change and has made the customer journey extremely complex. And oftentimes what I observe is retailers or brands run very fast to implement and are short-sighted by not really looking at the forward outlook and where the foundation building needs to be to really capitalize this and this expanding customer journey. Well, there certainly has to be a considerable amount of structure and infrastructure to really truly provide this seamless experience across all shopping channels. There has to be considerable amount of structure and infrastructure to truly provide this seamless experience across all shopping channels. And this is now being further complicated by many retailers wanting to quickly implement a direct-to-consumer aspect to their business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, Shelley. Uh, you know, we covered it last week in our podcast. Uh, the D2C model is really no silver bullet. Uh, we discussed some of the pitfalls of retailers running out to implement this strategy without the proper foundation, okay? And one of the main points we made is that the, the, the actual genesis of the acronym DTC, direct-to-consumer, was that it originally applied to um, digital native brands only, you know, like Bonobos and Warby Parker, et cetera. But in reality, the direct-to-consumer model can apply to brands, specialty retailers, multi-branded retailers, and digital natives, by the way, now opening their own physical stores. And frankly, a huge number of variations within all of those channels. So I'm really glad Dan is here because in his space, he has a lot of experience uh, in seeing and understanding all of these variants. So Dan, Give us the kind of macro view on all of it. Well, first, as you imply, Robin, the DTC model is more complex sometimes or many times than the retailer actually understands. There are so many barriers to DTC. You require proper infrastructure to Shelley's point. Trading considerations, including free trade zone, tariffs and taxes, distribution and fulfillment challenges digital payment tools, and I could go on and on. But with that said, Robin, I'm a huge advocate of DDC. I love it. And counseled brands that now is the time to invest in this really for a number of reasons. It gives more opportunity for you as a brand to own your customer. You have this massive customer shift to digital that throws off so much data and insights that give the brand opportunity to make product enhancements expeditiously. This nurtures long-term loyalty. Customers really want DTC. 
they get full visibility over the brand. They see the full product line, newness, and this relationship legitimizes what they then see across social media, marketplaces, where they tend to only see a curated width of assortment. The brand gets control over their design and infrastructure, and it gives the brands the opportunity to seamlessly go global. And of course, CEOs and top leadership need help figuring out the complexities around the DTC model, specifically how to lead and operate in this model. Columbus Consulting helps to create a framework to do just that for the brands. Let me guess, Dan, some of the top concerns you hear from clients. I have to imagine the number one concern for direct-to-consumer business model is, is it going to cannibalize uh, my partnerships with existing uh, retailers and vendors? Um, I say all signs that point to Nike say no. Um, and other top concerns have to be, you know, being able to execute a sustainable fulfillment process pricing concerns, payments, um, having systems that are actually agile enough to be able to react to these elastic shifts in consumer behavior, um, to use your great description of the consumer. Um, but I would imagine these are on top of mind for uh, any uh, retailers or brands that are looking into the direct-to-consumer model. Yes, Shelly, you're spot on. But even before I comment on some of those points, and they're critically important points, the first conversation we have with any CEO or CFO is about how acquiring a customer can be five times more costly as it is retaining an existing customer. So the DTC return on investment is long-term customer retention. And it does, the and the question that a company he has to ask is, does it have the courage and the culture to build the proper structure required? It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Dan, Dan, I love marathon and not a sprint. I, I use it often and often to give a jab to uh, Wall Street <laughs> as the big short termers. And that's a whole other subject. But but on your point, yes, retailers are, you know, they're they're so quick to react and respond to the next flavor of the month or, you know, kind of the next shiny object, which was really the point of the podcast we did about uh, D2C. Um, it, it truly takes a well-structured and detailed blueprint across many functions uh, to really execute at a high level. And of course, uh, since D2C no longer means only e-commerce, the complex infrastructures have to really transcend across channels as well. So Dan, can you shine some light on uh, these concerns? Robin, well, when we talk about building a sustainable fulfillment model, Nike, for instance, leverages their store network. All their brands that immediately outsource fulfillment soon are disappointed, perhaps two <clears throat> or three years later, that they provide an inconsistent level of customer service and candidly, costs can get completely out of control. Agility in the operating model needs to be robust enough so that the data analytics and the insights are adjusted fast enough to changing with customer behaviors. Brands have richly created loyalty programs like L'Oreal, which gives brand insights that help them make shifts on product 
and operations that address customer behavior. Pricing, payments, deliveries, returns can be leveraged through the store network. I like Ralph Lauren, and it does an excellent job at doing this on a global scale. But to be honest, Robin, the toughest aspect is being able to build out capabilities. And I'm not trying to promote Columbus Consulting, but we really excel at this aspect. The challenge is the breadth of retail skills needed, particularly around merchandising, data, unique marketing skills, that kind of thing. Quite frankly, these are the most likely, not the skills that the brands already own. Yeah, you are so correct, Dan. And for the big uh, legacy retailers built in the last century, um, this is one of the biggest barriers to their successful transformation into this century. Um, anecdotally, got to give this story, a, a, a CEO who will go unnamed, uh, when he was about to take the helm, one of the largest retailers, um, I asked him what, what would be on the top of his priority list. He replied without hesitation. He said, Robin, I'd like to find someone with about 10 PhDs in analytics. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> exaggerating a little, but you get the point, right? And, and of course, he was also inferring that the lack of skills and the antiquated legacy culture were big priorities uh, for change on his list. So, so beyond DTC, Dan, uh, when you mentioned this foundation building for long-term success, uh, what do you mean by that? Robin, specifically supply chain, transportation, culture, improved omni-channel system software, digital payments, more efficient logistics platforms, and really removing barriers that impact the sustainable retail model. And of course, to build on your comment, it's a really critically important to leverage technologies. In year 2021 to 2025, critically important that infrastructure be built and systems refined that address the store of the future. The foundation of logistics and supply chain and structure around personalization and loyalty will be critically important. Supply chain is a very large subject. Investment in supply chain is more crucial than ever and is critically an important pillar for supporting retail going forward. It's important that retailers take a hard look at their projected business over the next few years by channel so that their infrastructure is planned to address the customer evolution that will take place across multiple channels. As important as infrastructure, so is transportation. Speed is the most important metric, crossing inbound, outbound, crossbound, and the last mile in terms of delivery. And you said it earlier, Robin, AI and data analytics will be leveraged to optimize accurate on-time quality assured deliveries incorporating real-time tracking and inventory visibility. Smart supply chains will be fully automated. Artificial intelligent applications will be implemented to predict and calculate supply. Fully integrated systems will manage stock replenishment, 
ultimately, retailers will gravitate to suppliers with value chains aligned to data-driven understanding of customer behavior. This will lead to automated supplier sales negotiations, B2B digital marketplaces, and the integration all the way down to sourcing where integration of raw materials and financing takes place. So my parting thoughts on supply chain for everything that's happened in the last 18 months and for everything that's in front of us is one, data analytics and machine learning are critical parts of the future. The customer journey will get more and more complex. This is the only way to bring sustainable solutions end to end and will bring solutions that keep your customer satisfied, which of course is paramount. Two, it's critically important to build in risk and plan for solutions that mitigate this risk. And three, and I stress this over and over again, keep investing. As your customer changes and as it evolves, these investments will be critically important. Well, Dan, uh, you just expanded on and took us pretty deep into the weeds regarding what is going to be, I say, imperative for brands and retailers uh, to transform and build in, into their models for success. And on a macro level, I've been calling uh, this the quote unquote distribution century and why uh, and why it is uh, in, in many articles and, and also in my two co-authored books of the new rules of retail and retail seismic shift. And you really nailed it, Dan, uh, including transportation all the way down to the so-called last mile. As you point out, and as I've written, technology writ large, if embedded into every function of the value chain from creation to consumption, it provides agility, efficiency, speed, accuracy, and resulting in what I've coined as preemptively distributing precisely what the consumer wants, where and when they want it, ahead of the hundreds of competitors that are out there over and over again. So as you say, it is not easy, certainly not easy, but absolutely imperative, right? Robin, it is extraordinarily imperative. Brands have to be able to leverage technology and there has been so much progress integrating technologies into the customer experience. As a customer, I like Target, for instance. I can easily shop across channels. Fulfillment is transparent. It's on time. There's a chat box that let me query specific concerns or customer service. I like Ulta. They have a fantastic loyalty program. My offers are personalized based on what I want. Products are in stock. I can get what I want across channels. It's fairly fast. Dan, you just touched upon my two favorite retailers or some of my two favorite retailers. Um, and I agree with how they both leverage technology to the extreme level, uh, especially in the last few years. So Target, with the stellar success of curbside pickup, which they rolled out, by the way, before the pandemic, and Ulta being one of the first retailers to roll out occupancy features in its app so customers could see when stores were busy. There's so much opportunity here. And when you consider, and I stress this all the time, 
how complex the customer journey has become, crossing so many touch points between brick and mortar, digital, e-commerce, transacting is really complex. It's still complex, and it's not particularly seamless. I lived in Asia for a long time. I worked in China for so many years. And they really, as you look at retailers, they are far ahead of where America is and what we can look to that seamlessly streamlines service leveraging technology. So some examples, retail is contactless. E-commerce has friendly POS systems where transactions are across all channels one way. You'll see and experience visual fitting rooms, virtual concierge. There are QR codes everywhere, making it extremely easy to transact, just winding your mobile phone. SMS or texting is utilized to connect the customer across the entire transaction. This brings complete transparency. The customer journey is automated. It's fast and it's seamless. And the thing that has happened, and you see this a lot, is processes at transaction are now automated. Think about how in some stores you have to show your identification or how complex serial numbers or warranties are at POS. All of these things are automated and really considered in the customer journey. Yeah, these are great, great specific examples, Dan. Thank you for those. And, and I've heard the same thing, by the way, about China being way ahead of us in leveraging technology. And I'm sure you have a lot of knowledge uh, of that to offer up in terms of what, of what U.S. retailers and brands need to do to uh, catch up. Well, and the other element, which is often overlooked by major companies that I've worked with is culture. Culture is, in part, supply sitting at the table using AI and analytics and other obvious changes. Product remains king, but it's how fast you can bring the change to the product based on all this data and data analytics that brings insights. And senior leadership sets the journey, but lets the systems work. You're right, Dan. Retailers really have to understand the need to have cultural courage. There's some great use cases of using AI to expedite product innovation real time. And of course, there's greater opportunities to use real-time customer feedback to improve products. Today's customer wants to actually help with product development. You know, Target's All in Motion Athleisure line, which already has a billion dollars in sales, uh, takes direct feedback from its customers across all platforms and uses that to help innovate and improve the product. Like you said, Dan, the holy grail is really letting the systems take in, interpret, and analyze customer input beta data so you can more quickly advance product development or enhancements, features, et cetera. Yeah, even before we look at AI, uh, there really needs to be significant focus on technology adaption that automates basic experiences that retailers are trying to execute really on a daily basis. I mean. For example, buy online and pick up in store. Some companies have, have mastered this process, I mean, like Target, while others really struggle. So Dan, what, what should retailers be thinking about in terms of you know, simple technologies and integrations that can really make a powerful difference in the uh, customer journey? 
Robin, it's a great question. Bringing technological efficiencies into the store network, accepting reduced touch points, so incorporating QR codes, thinking through customer service, like powering up SMS, omni retail efficiencies that deliver bonafide customer experience, having a commitment to in-stock and speed and quality to customer service, practical logistics, supports that the supports that ensures that there's trust and cost-effective fulfillment. They're big, and I've mentioned them earlier, but Target's done a good job as an example. And as a customer, it's a good experience to shop across the various channels and have confidence that your purchase will be fulfilled seamlessly. They take great pride in making sure that they stay connected with you, keeping you well-informed on delivery status, customer service needs, returns, and exchanges. There's more to do. And you see this in China, where SMS is widely utilized as a communication and as a commercial tool, and QR codes everywhere that allow the customer to trade in a purely contactless manner. All channels of retail across all sectors are fully automated. The shopping experience is seamless, trusted, and fast. Dan, you are so knowledgeable. Um, you've really brought up some great points. I'm a big fan of the SMS, even though it, to me, is a very simple technology. But can you tell us, is there really any element that you would say for the industry sits in this unknown sector, an area that maybe uh, should be watched by retailers? You know, knowing the unknown as it reveals itself can put some retailers ahead. So how do retailers prepare for the unknown? Well, Shelley, here's what we don't know. New entrants, how customers will shift, and by the way, how social media will evolve and further influence on the customer and as a model itself for its commercial trade. This is why it's so critically important to build core foundation and why a strategic plan needs to ensure dollars are reserved for constant innovation. Who, who was it that said um, there are known knowns, known unknowns, and unknown unknowns? But I agree with you on what we don't know. And, and all of what you said about the consumer just emphasizes how elastic they really are. And therefore, how agile and elastic retailers and brands are going to have to be. Anyway, Dan, before we close... Uh, Maybe you can tell our listeners about some su sustainable advantages that uh, you guys, uh, Columbus Consulting, offers. You know, there are a lot of consultants out there, as you know. What makes your company different? Well, thank you for the question. Our secret sauce is that we are all former retailers. So we bring rich, experience-based retail solutions, leveraging our strong industry relationships with software providers. We work around the world. We see best practices. Columbus Consulting has been in business 20 years. It's deeply focused on technology, systems, digital, e-commerce, omni-channel, and supply chain. And we are focused both on strategy and implementation. We specialize and love complex implementations. We want retailers and brands to do well, we feel a need to serve the industry 
Our goal is to make the industry better. Serving the industry. Uh, I think Rob and I have collectively served the industry for over half a century. And I know, I, I know that I'm speaking for Robin when I say that the mission of the Robin Report is just that, to serve and to provide thought leadership and strategic insights. So at the end of the day, to really help the industry get better. Amen, Shelley. And Dan, thanks so much. Uh, you know, you truly are a thought leader and a strategic thinker as you so well articulated in this discussion. I really appreciate it. And, and we, include, we, including the audience, uh, I think learned a lot. So thanks again. Robin, thanks so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. You can learn more about Columbus Consulting by going to columbusconsulting.com. For our listeners, you can find more of our podcasts on Apple, Spotify, Buzzsprout, and therobinreport.com. And please follow us on social media, link in with us, and follow us on Twitter for the latest thoughts about the industry. And I'll close with, once again, uh, requesting from anybody in the audience or anybody listening to this podcast that if you guys have any topics that you would like us to uh, discuss in our future podcast, please send them to Robin at the Robin report.com and uh, we'll look into it and see if we can do something. And thank you so much again for attending. <laughs>